0: Okay, there's the robot How's it going? it's going all right, good might okay. like get snow
1: in a couple of days
0: yes, I'm super excited about that i'm uh, I
1: don't think it's supposed to stick here. I think it's supposed to be you know above freezing even at the coldest end of it thirty four uh-huh. uh, although one day is supposed to get down to thirty, but it's supposed to get up into the forties for the high, so I don't anticipate anything more than snow in the hills, but uh, kids were already saying, ooh, we might get a snow day I thought eh, probably not
0: uh, no i I <laughs> I can almost guarantee you won't. <laughs> mm-hmm. At this level, it's just the uh, it's just, it's going to be a small snow, I
1: think, right? Yeah, there's four days of snow chances.
0: Four now? Blast. Oh, I hadn't yeah. seen, but Monday, Tuesday last time. So, for us, it's only Tuesday, hmm. and that's I? I think that's yeah. iffy. It's the low of thirty-four now, so we're not. Oh. To, yeah, our low came up from thirty to thirty-four, uh, so.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's just going to be rain. 100% chance of rain on Sunday.
1: 100%. We have the 80% chance of snow on Sunday. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sunny skies today and tomorrow. That's
0: nice. Yeah. Uh, I took a lift recently and the driver was remarking on the beautiful day and I wasn't very enthusiastic, I guess. <laughs> he asked me about mm-hmm. it. I just went, mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you don't like it? I was like, I, I like it. I just, so far, it's, it's never enough rain for me. I just, uh... Mm. I moved here partially for the, the gray skies and the rain. So yeah,
1: it's my came thing. during a time of global warming. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so. but I also
0: recognize, as I've said before, probably that it's not great for human for humans to lack sunshine. So we need some, mm-hmm. and yeah. and uh, it has made me appreciate a lot more when we have sunny days. But uh, I I prefer them patchy. <laughs> I don't want I don't want a whole month of it like we have in summer.
1: All right. So here on
0: it's just called Two Brothers. Oh, very good. Yes. I, I, that, I'm James. The thing, the thing I always forget. I'm Marcus. That's not what I forget.
1: <laughs> and we have a new president.
0: That's true. Yeah, it's a
1: strange 46.
0: It's been so intense the last 4
1: years. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: it's a it's a strange transition, I think, from such a hmm one hesitates to use the word clusterfuck. Such a chaos. Mhm. Uh flowing constantly from the executive branch like uh, a, a waterfall or something, standing underneath the waterfall of chaos.
1: A fire hose?
0: <laughs> yes, fire hose, exactly. We are. we are all the kid uh, in Michael Richards' uh, show, <laughs> on UHF.
2: Oh, Joe Miller, you just found the marble in the oatmeal. You're a lucky, lucky, lucky little boy, because you know why? You get to drink from the fire hose! Uh, okay, you ready? Yeah!
1: Open wide! Oh, Joel Miller, let's hear it for him! Yeah, it's been, yeah, there's like a several clips of, uh, or, or side-by-sides of the previous administration's uh, press secretaries, press conferences, <laughs> and the current one. It's right. like, they're all like, when the press secretary inevitably storms off to, to hails and shouts of, you know, to asking for clarification and new questions. And then this other, the new one, Jen Pisaki, I think her name is. Yes. Um, she gets Jen. done and they're like, thanks, Jen. And she's like, yeah, thank you. See you tomorrow. Right. <laughs> we shall see if they can keep that up. but but oh, no, uh, there I will be moments. Doubt if it'll be, uh, yeah, I doubt if it'll be quite as uh, shouty and um, dissatisfying as the prayer. I
0: would be very surprised. Mm-hmm. She is experienced. There are probably some in the press corps who remember her from mm-hmm. the Obama years. And that, that is, I was a little hesitant to be happy. <laughs> That's a weird <laughs> turn of phrase. Hmm. I, my hopes were curtailed a little bit because I, I of course, would love to see more radical people at the top in the administration. And Mm -hmm. I think, uh, say, a Bernie administration would put a few more leftward uh, staff members or cabinet members. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also recognize the the pragmatism of putting in uh, a staff and a cabinet that is well experienced and has worked together before that that's another piece of the puzzle that I, I think is has been overlooked a little it's not just that the individual members are experienced and, and recently so but they they're also uh, they've they've also worked together before and i mm-hmm. i think that's desperately needed right now that is the it's the fire brigade coming in yeah. to, to put out some serious fires agreed it's so new. I, uh, there, it's it's so different no. and so new. There's mm-hmm. there's a ton of things we could spend easily uh, a whole show talking about the things that we've noticed that we've liked. How amazingly beautiful Amanda Gorman was. How how incredible her poem. Uh, the
1: oh the Port La- poet laureate. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember her name.
0: Okay, she's the she's the youth poet laureate. I don't know how yeah. they got them so fast do we even have a, a, a an adult she's an adult but a standard poet laureate yet I hadn't heard
1: that yeah huh. we've always had a poet laureate right but Brian I thought for years but or... I hadn't
0: heard that he'd named a poet laureate oh which uh, Clinton and Obama of course did but mm. I don't know if Trump did
1: that's actually Trump... that's why she was there she she was the youngest poet laureate mm. in American history at 22.
0: Uh, the thing I read said she's the youth poet laureate and I I didn't know she, that there was, she a was distinction.
1: She was named the Youth Poet Laureate in 2017, I believe. Oh. And now she is yeah, the she, she, she. National Poet
0: Laureate. Wow, that's fantastic. I'm very glad to see, and that she is a contemporary poet as well. <laughs> she's, yeah. not a, mm-hmm. she's not a traditionalist or uh, someone whose style is more familiar. Uh, mm-hmm. she's, she's, she's part of the face of contemporary poetry. That's, that's exciting from an from an arts perspective that we both have yeah
2: <laughs> oh hi kramer
0: hi how are you hi how are you
2: <laughs> i'm great i too am well i too am well <laughs> do i smell pantene do i smell pantene a uh, pantene
1: oh my shampoo yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it is panty i got a free sample of it with my junk mail
2: <laughs> well there really is no junk mail Oh, well, everybody wants to get a check or a birthday card, but...
0: It requires just as much manpower to deliver as their, their, their precious little greeting cards to... human. No! What?
2: Uh, human. Human. It's human to be moved by a fragrance.
0: That's so true.
2: Her bouquet cleaved his hardened shell and fondled his muscled heart. He imbibed her glistening spell just before the other shoe fell.
1: Kramer, that is
2: so lovely. It's by a an unknown a 20th century poet.
0: Oh, what's his name?
1: Newman. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. So, so. <laughs> good things, positivity, and calm, yet uh, got to get to work and seemingly getting to work <laughs> right. right away so oh so, well uh just so re- far i mean i shouldn't say it's all good it's mm. it's nice to have that uh, that's comforting like you, were, you were saying a, a 180 <laughs> yes the the 180 is a
0: bit disorienting mm-hmm. to see such change so fast i do enjoy it it's surprising but uh, just real fast the what i was going to say about amanda gorman i was impressed that she was so poised and mm-hmm. confident but if she had been the youth board laureate, she's she's already been in the public eye, so she I, I guess she's been in front of crowds and some of the things and so yeah. she's uh, she's she's comfortable where she is that, that makes sense now.
1: Yeah, I, I liked her poise quite a bit. I liked her positive uh, nature. She didn't act like she was reading a poem. Mm-hmm. She was conversationally giving it out to the world. Yeah. Very bright and cheerful person. Mm-hmm.
0: But that's a more contemporary method, more contemporary yeah. form. It it's sure. not that it doesn't have structure, but there's a lot of internal structure rather than uh, rather than a visible. Here's it, you know it's every four lines and a rhyme every other line abab mm-hmm. like a, you know, the traditional song style or or a rhyme scheme. Uh, there's uh, in in it draws on uh, hip hop. And rap for uh, influence as contemporary poetry does drawing from slam poetry things like that and lots of internal rhymes uh, lots of alliteration that uh, that's a big deal Yeah. You ain't much in a fight but
1: you're good at rescue and recovery yeah I thought she was gone for good after the last time too but some crazy people just won't stay locked up you know what I mean <laughs>
2: Beautiful helper. What was that? Shell
1: Silverstein? Well, I don't think my Angelou was talking about this chick. She's as deadly as they come, and if she hurts those boys again, I'm going to take her down permanently this time. Oh, not my Angelou. Just keep scanning those tire tracks with your infrared, okay?
0: <laughs> it's funny because I just, I feel like I just saw that episode. Is that right? Yeah, I'm continuing my Venture Brothers marathon re mm-hmm. rewatch and I just got to where shore leave and I can't remember his companion, his sidekick, I guess. Uh, oh name? yeah. On the, they're on a boat, but they're, yeah. but they're Christian superheroes. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> what is his name? It's, it's, um, Oh, I can't remember. He's got a big cross on his chest, like a tattoo, a cross mm-hmm. tattoo on his chest. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, uh, uh, also, how brutal some of those uh, um, season three episodes are. Lepidopterists, uh-huh. the, the destruction of the cocoon, that whole that whole thing. Um, who dies? Somebody dies. Somebody has a stroke. That's what it is. We get the uh, the callback to Orpheus predicting Action Man's stroke. Oh yeah, that was, mm-hmm. that was pretty clever. Holy diver. Holy That's diver. The- That's it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's it.
2: Well, 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 well. Looky what the cat dragged
1: in. Hey, Shoreleave, Long time no, 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 no,
2: no, no. Not my handle anymore. These days I'm called Holy Diver.
1: Yeah, he was, Shoreleave was Holy Diver. Mm-hmm. That's why he has the anchor cross. Right. The anchor, but it's also a cross. And then um, Sky Pilot. Sky Pilot. Uh, was uh, mile high. Mm. <laughs> uh, to lead the fastest growing youth ministry. Mm-hmm. In Southern California, okay. the Action Bible School. I didn't
0: get that. W- were they undercover? Was that their cover? In other words, or yeah, that was that was their cover. Oh.
1: Was the Action Bible School? Okay, I thought and they were uh, sincerely joined up,
0: converted or something. Like it was a commentary I, on X gay movements and stuff.
1: You no, know, it was a ruse to hide the fact that he was a Sphinx agent.
0: Right. Okay. Um, that was where the Sphinx thing
1: came in. Gotcha. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> when they when they would team up. They were the soulmates. Mm. (laughs) And mates has got a little nautical connotation as well. So the puns never end. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Just real quick. I wanted to note having shared Larry Fast and Synergy previous week that Mm -hmm. I started listening to all of the Synergy stuff and then uh, got into a rabbit hole with Larry Fast's just uh, interviews or uh, clips or appearances or things like that, and I remembered that one of my favorite Peter Gabriel songs is a song that he played a big part in. That he that he did uh, a big synth part. What's <laughs> another word for part? Uh, <laughs> he he put his his synergy magic onto the onto the track, and he um, he had played with Peter Gabriel uh, quite a lot before, and I think toured with him as well mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. uh, so they both knew each other and this song is called kiss of life which you yeah. you listen you've heard it have you heard it before
1: yeah okay. well i hadn't heard it before uh, i don't think I, I listened to it before the show mm-hmm. good song excellent
0: i like it's, it, it. It's just mm-hmm. really fast moving and uh, in i keep using the phrase in your face but yeah it's it's a big big song Uh, mm-hmm. It's a it's an unusual album closer, I think, in that it's so so rousing. I feel like usually he ends his albums somberly, <laughs> mm. but this is a, a joyous dance. Right. Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah. His albums w- would sometimes turn toward the I don't know more experimental. Sometimes. And so forth. Toward toward the oh, B man. side. Toward the end of the B oh, side.
0: Right. An inveterate innovator, Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, and but this one could easily have been a, a pop. A billboard charter I, so
0: I have thought that. I, I thought that initially, and then looking back on it, I'm. I think that bridge would wreck the idea that it could be in any kind of hit mainstream. Hmm. Because it's just it goes into a minor key. It it uh, has a sort of synth strings. Mm-hmm. It's more. Like some of the other songs on that album, I would say, uh, in that in that it's it turns dark, <laughs> a little bit. Hmm. Uh, All right. I think it's a it's a it's a big shift for a bridge. That yeah. Really happen. Yeah. But but I True. but I doubt that that would have pricked many mainstream ears. I don't want to be a snob about it, but <laughs> it's, I think it's rare that you have a song that's so different in internally as a hit. yeah it mm. Wasn't. Mm. but he had a couple other ones from the same album so
1: they probably figured that was enough mm-hmm. <laughs> they the exact
0: yeah it's like we got some singles next <laughs> how many years yeah. are you gonna take on the next one Pete <laughs> so, we were going to put this on the other show what was our <laughs> what's your favorite thing that we both like uh yeah. the, the, some, somehow it struck me that we had both read a bunch of the same books and we should Discuss. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's, I don't know why that seemed like, that like a good Fendi topic. family library. Yeah. <laughs> what What was your favorite kids book? But but the one that we both read.
1: Mm. Um, Where the sidewalk ends. Right. Another uh, Shel Silverstein reference mm-hmm. in the show. That's <laughs> uh, got a lot of good ones. Yeah, that w- good poems.
0: I wonder if I wouldn't say it was life changing, but it it did bring another side to our our children's lit uh, those hilarious and lovely and strange sometimes gross
1: mm-hmm. yeah times of, of his right yeah the the uh, okay to be absurd hmm
0: yeah I think it contributed in a in a big way to both of our senses of humor mm-hmm. to have, I would say so to have absorbed that so yeah. completely we I went through that book over and over just mm-hmm. just picking out my favorites and rereading and uh, the illustrations the cartoons were were brilliant.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Almost like those single line drawings. Mm-hmm. They, they flow all the way through. Yeah. But uh,
0: did he do those? He did, did. he do them himself? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did all, all, all the drawings. And, and uh, he had done, I think he, he did cartoons for Playboy for, for a long time. Hmm. Uh, okay. And those are worth looking up. If if a little more adult than we were allowed to see.
1: Uh, when certainly. We,
0: when we were into Shel Silverstein. <laughs> yeah. You had one of the great brain books. By by John Fitzgerald,
1: was that one of mine? I think I thought it was yours. I you, I you, you had, had the, the
0: first one, and then I got mm. one later. Okay, because I think you got Great Brain or More Adventures, maybe, and then I got uh, I think I got Great Brain Reforms myself. I could be wrong. Mm. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I know there were there were at least two that we had. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, now I'm not sure. Now I now I may have read them at the school library.
1: Oh, I I think. I only remember having two okay. at home. I don't right. recall reading any others. Yeah, uh, John Fitzgerald, he, he was a, um, a novelist, and he wrote a lot of books. When he was about, I think, 50, hmm. he he wrote his first novel, uh, Papa Married a Mormon, <laughs> mm-hmm. and loosely based on his life growing up in right. Utah in right. the uh, early 1900s. Right. Um, and I didn't thousands. know any of this.
0: I knew nothing about John Fitzgerald before yeah. you, before we put this in the show notes to talk about right but uh, well i always
1: got him confused with f scott f scott fitzgerald oh, you know just back then right when when somebody would mention f scott fitzgerald then i would think of oh the great brain author who also wrote these really famous things mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh much later i revisited yeah and found out oh yeah, yeah this is a different guy
0: well it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun to uh believe to, to believe that they were real stories that they were mm-hmm. true life stories yeah when because he named the narrator he named the narrator after himself the, right. the kid in the book is jd john john d fitzgerald which is which is his name i was like oh there there are <laughs> stories right out of his childhood and mm-hmm. yeah
1: and his you bro- did have a brother tom he did yes he, he uh, who was the 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 titular great brain mm-hmm. and he he had another brother uh, another older brother william mm-hmm. that he is, in the books he named swain right which was strange to us at
0: the time, but probably yeah. you know, not uncommon in, in Mormon communities.
1: Perhaps, yeah. yeah. And then he cut out his younger siblings and his uh, older sister entirely from the, probably. I can't keep track of all these characters. Right. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, The Great Brain, it, he <laughs> spent most of the... They're like short stories, mm-hmm. right? The, the, rather than a, a novel with chapters. I would um, say
0: so. E- each chapter is a, a short story a short adventure. I think most of the time Yeah. with a couple of exceptions uh, in there and and they're,
1: and they're good. I mean, the great brain being uh, his, his older brother, Tom, who was obviously very smart. Right. He would (laughs) spend all these adventures, either uh, swindling someone or, (laughs) or solving some community issue. You know? Yeah. That was my first encounter with the word swindle,
0: Mm. but, but he's not, He's not a, a wily e. coyote, super genius who can no. construct all kinds of technical marvels. He's mm-hmm. he's uh, what would you say uh, too smart for his own good?
1: Yeah, he's and, very crafty. Yes, and, and um, right.
0: Yeah. So so in a world where his his peers and and his parents and community are trying to do the right thing and be good. Uh, mm-hmm. He gets away with scheming and swindling because uh, so many other people are trusting.
1: Yeah, this is. A, they're all set in like late eighteen hundreds, um, like eighteen nineties Utah. Uh,
0: Mercer Mayer the, illustrated the books mm-hmm. uh, brilliantly, and I, he I, it seems like he depicts them in the early nineteen hundreds clothes. Uh,
1: he may, but they were set in okay eighteen nineties, according right. to the according to the uh, according to the wiki. I so. Who knows? I mean, could have he wrote eight of them, Mm -hmm. which is to say he wrote seven, and then um, from like 1967 to I shouldn't say like I'm reading this, so so (laughs) I don't need to sound like I'm (laughs) doing this off the top of my head. He 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 wrote the first one in 1967, and
0: then um, oh, it's published in in
1: 1967. Uh, Sorry, published in 67, and then he published seven more all the way through 1976. Right, and then following the success of that uh, first book, right. That first book was a mm-hmm. hit. Sure, yeah, they were they were very successful. Yeah. He he was a novelist and he wrote adult level novels, yeah, which didn't um, do much. And then he wrote a couple of textbooks about creative writing. I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, he he turned to children's stories, mm-hmm. um, young adult, right? I'd say. And um,
0: because did you had, had did had you get of, to the origin mm, part? No, he wrote about a family. He wrote about the kids of the of Southern Utah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and brought it to his editor or, or publisher and uh, it was an adult it was an adult book uh, uh, mm-hmm. it was a book for grown-ups and the editor said well uh, I don't know about this but it's got a, it's something in it um, and I'll publish it as a children's book if you take out the adult parts
1: mm-hmm. so
0: he reworked it as a, as a children's book I see and found his calling
1: yeah it seems so
2: give me a whiskey sour Sam coming up
1: trouble with the book Nick
2: yeah I guess you could say I'm having trouble Sam tell me if you were a four and a half foot teddy bear named fuzzy and you had to find the magic honey tree in order to save your village who would you go to for advice the wise old Al the gentle giraffe or kitty the world weary whore <laughs> Who's as smart as she is tough, and she is plenty tough, mister. Well, I guess if I was a teddy bear, I'd have to go to the wise old owl, Nick. Yeah, I guess you're right. Just once I'd like it to be the whore, though. Or the savvy newspaper boy. Just once I'd like the villain to be the corrupt politician instead of Meredith, queen of the goats. Damn it, why am I so good at writing children's novels? I guess life is just a roll of the dice, huh, Nick? Sure as hell is, Sam. I think I'll send my next book in Vegas. Nick? All right, I'll send another book in Twitchy Hollow. <laughs> you happy, Sam? Yeah, I'm happy, Nick. How about you? I'm happy, Sam. Shut up, Sam.
1: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, it went so far as after he, his seventh book in 1976, <clears throat> it was an 18 year hiatus, and in um, 95. Right. Uh, the Great Brain is back. W- was published mm. posthumously from uh, they called it loose notes. So I'm not sure if there was a more of a ghost know, writer. I guess question. so. Or just I feel like I read that one putting it together. Maybe I was disappointed. But since they were, since there were, since they were collections of short stories, short adventures, then I suppose that mm. that could be a relatively get relatively out of here. easy to put together.
0: I got to go to work. Stupid yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's oh, it yeah. places. Oh, well, the, okay. okay, so we did uh, – Kiss of Life moves uh, inexorably forward. It, it, it grooves – I don't know how to say it otherwise. <laughs> it chugs along and uh, carries everything with it. And there are certain songs that have that feel. And I was – I just happened to be listening to the Moody Blues this past week because I get into these nostalgia rabbit holes. And Mm -hmm. there are a set of songs that they've done throughout their catalog that I I really, really love and can hear over and over. And one of those songs Mm -hmm. is another song that just moves along. It just chugs on like a freight train. And that song is I'm Just a Singer in a Rock and Roll Band. Mm
1: I have heard of. <laughs> I, that one I have heard. <laughs> um, I was surprised it was that early. I, I don't know about surprised. I don't, if I had to choose, I guess it would be. I would be within, I would say, mid-70s. But it was 73, I think. Yeah. But the other thing that even surprised me more was that was like their eighth or ninth album. Yes. Didn't know that they had been going that long.
0: Well, Nights in White Satin, right? Producing. 1969, I, I believe. Yeah. What nine? 1969. Oh, 69. Yeah. yeah, okay. Sure. I believe, I believe. Studio albums.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I mean only that's only four years. Yeah.
0: Four uh eight or nine albums is nineteen sixty seven. Sorry. I apologize. Mm. They did two albums in nineteen sixty nine and, and and that was their fourth and fifth albums. So they mm-hmm. uh they cranked them out. Yeah, okay. But they had several members of the band that wrote. Justin wrote, Oh man, I don't remember any of the dudes. Uh, I think the three front singer guys the the flute player the bass player (laughs) and guitar player all all wrote songs so this one was written by john lodge the bass player um Mm -hmm. and it is a it's a wonderful typically moody blues song i would say in Mm. in that it does both things it it looks forward but also is reserved maybe even a little cynical and they had uh, they had Mm. quite a lot of those things and a, what was that? I always think of, I, there was a Moody, Moody Blue song on a playlist that is story in your eyes. I've been thinking okay. about a fortune and I decided that we're really not to blame. That talks about the idealism of the 60s that they were going through and worrying that this idealism might not be enough. That it doesn't get you to where you want to be. And it struck me at the time of the this was like mid 2000s or something that I was I was hearing it you know out being played on these classic playlists that uh, boy this is kind of this is kind of a downer and then and then I went all <laughs> oh, right that's why they're the moody blues not the happy <laughs> sunshines because yeah. they have this quality of of uh, saying well but <laughs> is it really that great <laughs> kind of thing A little <laughs> depressed A little a little world weary uh, I
1: am merely a singer <laughs> in a rock and roll
0: band I found that ex- extremely endearing As a combination with this, this technical wizardry the, the, the big arrangements They had a lot of people in the band mm-hmm. uh, So this is uh, Getting back to this song it's a, it's a freight train Pulling out of the station Jamming along yeah. the track uh, Unstoppable they got that.
1: They even have the snare coming in toward the end with the chicken You know, just going
0: and the intro just slow drumming to start. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, and uh yeah, just that 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 same sensibility where if you want the winds of change to blow about you and you're the you're the only other person who knows, don't tell me. I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band. You
1: know, speaking of the arrangement, um it almost made me think of it, it as like a almost like a proto disco hmm. style with those with that string uh background right. coming. I think in. it's a Melotron probably. Hmm. With a, with a string okay. sample. And it's got a you know that heavy four on the floor dance beat. Mm-hmm. But but it's a little quick right. for, for disco, but uh, <laughs> but still it uh, it just made me think
0: of that. Uh Mike Pinder was the keyboard player. The Chamberlain That's what the, that's what it is. Hmm. So it was a, a pre melotron
1: thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I like that way to end. Well, if you're sensible, <laughs> you can send us an email to bros at it's just called two brotherscom And
0: if you use Twitter, you can tweet it us at ijc two b. Mm-hmm. Go listen to Amanda Gorman's poem. I'll link it. An excellent choice. Uh, did you listen to it? You listened to it. Did yeah. you Did you listen to any of the OST?